What's going on? What's going on, guys? Appreciate you guys downloading this episode. Another Taz show coming at you full throttle. Yes, sir, Bob, as they say, whoever the freak Bob is. Thanks for downloading this episode, kids. You're doing that either at radio.com on the app or the actual websites. Website. Or um, maybe you're doing it at tazshow.com. Or you could be doing it that uh, over at the Apple Podcast. Uh, you know, where that's where the uh, Apple and the iTunes and all that stuff meets up, like the chicken meets the cross in the road, or whatever that stupid friggin' ex- uh, expression is. Uh, welcome. I am Taz, and I appreciate all the love, support, everything you guys you do. You download, you spread the word, you retweet, and you're favoring the show. You're doing this, you're doing that. It's very, it's just love. It's love. I'm uh, going to get into in um, this episode here. A little chatter about uh you know, i had this thought right i'm thinking you know the other day and i'm like wwe network right and um like you know they I, we all know they have a they have a shitload of content on it they really i mean they really do it's amazing what you're getting for your price i mean and the bank the, a lot of bang for your buck and i i'm not uh you know <laughs> i don't get paid to promote them i'm just an idiot that's promoting them uh so <laughs> but you know because i gotta say for the 10 bucks i gotta tell you they give, you get a lot of shit so um and i i enjoy a lot of the content on there i don't watch it like every day i don't like that um and i'm kind of just busy but uh, you know maybe once or twice a week i'm on and i watch some old school stuff so i got to thinking let me ask uh you know the fan base of the taz show or maybe of when I was wrestling or announcing and just people who follow my social accounts. So uh, put it out there on IG, on the Instagram, or as they're calling it, the gram. That's what I heard recently on Taz of the Moose, uh, the daily sports radio show on CBS Sports Radio. I'm co-hosting Fancy Dan Jones. That's me, um, the gram. And we also put it out there on uh, Facebook.com slash the Taz show. Basically just asking the question, what do you guys enjoy most on the WWE network, like is it NWA? Is it ECW? Is it you know a uh, world class? Is it old WWF? Is it WCW? Is it Attitude Era? You know what? You know Monday Night Nitro, uh, the Nitro gimmicks, the Raw gimmicks when Nitro, you know that that whole uh, Monday Night Wars gimmick. You know what was it? And oh, Mid Atlantic also. So I'm gonna get into uh, some of the stuff that you guys, uh, as a, a fan base, and what you guys were talking about, what you guys liked. Uh, what you guys lean towards and what I like. I'll get into that also. Um, and and something that sparked me, something that I was watching. I'll get into that in, in a second here. Uh, first, I want to say if you or someone you know is, is concerned, guys, about a veteran, you, please do this. Please call the Veterans Crisis Line. Confidential support is available 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year for veterans and their families. Uh, all you have to do is dial 800 800- Two seven three eight two five five and press the number one, or use the online chat function on veteranscrisisline.net, or you can text eight three eight two five five. The Veterans Crisis Line is available to all veteran, veterans, even those not enrolled in VA healthcare. So please visit uh, veteranscrisisline.net 
to learn more about recognizing signs of crisis, warning signs of suicide, and how to respond to a veteran loved one in crisis, guys. Very important. Again, 800-273-8255, and simply press the number one. So uh, what happened was I was uh, watching um, an old NWA. Well, it was, N- it was NWA. It was on the Superstation. Uh, that's kind of what I like the most. I, I like the old school stuff from from the mid to late 80s. Of uh, you know, when we're naming a superstation, and the episode I was watching, uh, it was I'm trying to remember. I know they had um, the horseman definitely were in it. Lex Luger was kind of this is when he was getting ready, he was fixing to join the he was green, very green, and Lex Luger was getting ready to join the four horsemen. I know the Rock and Roll Express were in this episode. Uh, Brad Armstrong wrestled, uh, geez, they had a bunch of stuff. Tully Blanchard, Tully Blanchard wrestled in a singles match. Uh, this was the episode, this episode, I'm trying to find because I had it in my, here it is, it was from 124, so January 24th, 1987, and they had, they actually had in this one, uh, this was when they showed a lot of clips, uh, from a, a huge, uh, match with Ric Flair for the world title against Barry Windham, and Barry Windham was in the show a whole bunch too, um, it was really cool. I mean, and and just seeing the way, by the way, on a side note, the way the match with Barry Windham and Ric Flair and Jeez, you know, I mean, you know, we don't talk enough about how great Barry Windham was, by the way. I mean, I know I haven't and I should. Um, that guy was a fucking stud. I mean, he was for a guy that size, how tall he was and, and, and but but his range and and how long his limbs were, how athletic he was for a guy that that rangy. You know, usually you don't have that insane athleticism with someone like that. And he was, and he was just a, a stud in the ring for sure. Um, and always had great matches. I, I never seen the fucking dude have a bad match, to be frank. <laughs> Barry Windham, I, I, I don't remember ever seeing him have a bad match. And, and I'm not exaggerating. The guy is just always for years. Um Always just a tremendous, tremendous talent. What else was there? It was also, uh, oh, I remember there was a um, awesome uh, Nikola, uh, Nikita Koloff, I should say, Nikita Koloff uh, promo with the late, great Dusty Rhodes, uh, you know, where Tony Schiavone does all these stand-up interviews. And that's the thing, too. Like, uh, you know, and I've talked a while back. I did, um, I'm trying to remember, it was on a, my YouTube stuff I was doing for a while. Uh, and that's something I want to get into here with, with this uh, with this in this episode is talking about that. Like, that's what you could relive. The cool thing with WWE Network. Jesus sounds like I'm fucking getting paid from him. And I'm not. I swear in the Bible. Um, <laughs> no matter what your beliefs are, I, I'm not. That means I swear in anything holy or lack thereof. I digress. So um, I, I love the studio wrestling shit. No matter if it was from Memphis or, or you know, obviously NWA, the Superstation, and, and a bunch of other, you know, territories. But I, I love that stuff to me because it's so the intimacy of being in a studio wrestling in front of shit. I don't know, 40 people, fucking 60 people, you know, whatever it is, 30 people. It, and I've done it. And I, I, you know, I've I've done it several times. And and it's different. And I've wrestled in. As you guys know, many uh, many a bingo hall, uh, many a uh, uh, adult uh, uh, dancing clubs. Let's put it that way, uh, in in different parts of uh, the suburbs of Philadelphia. <laughs> um, so, meaning small, intimate places. But there's nothing like the TV studio wrestling, in my opinion. Okay, and I swear to God, I could talk forever about it because if you really get into the nooks and crannies of the business, right, as far as how good is a, a man or a woman in the ring? When you're in a studio, there is there's nothing to hide. 
because you got high broadcast cameras on you. These are not just regular cameras. These are broadcast, those big-ass cameras you would see on those wheels, like when you're watching the news in your local area on, on television at whatever, 6 p.m. Um, those big-ass cameras, those are high-end broadcast cameras. And it's like uh, it's super high quality. And and if you watch that old uh, NWA stuff, the World Championship Wrestling from the Superstation, the shit looked like it was high def, but it wasn't because I, I I don't know if it was on film or what it was or the type of video they were using. It was the quality was fucking amazing. But regardless, in the studio, in any studio with wrestling, and we saw it for years. Like Memphis did it for for decades, as you know. But anyway. You can't fuck up spots like you can't. You got to be crisp. Your work's got to be on point. You you got to be a legit. You got to be able to go. You got to be able to work snug, aggressive, and you know you 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 got to be. You can't really talk in the ring because people are on top of you and literally there, and it's small, and your voice will carry in that little room. Um, I'm telling you right now, like that that studio stuff is underrated. Uh, it, to me, it's that's when you really, really got to be able to to be a, a hell of a worker. And and with uh, a lot of the stuff in that particular episode, and all the a lot of the bulk of the episodes from the NWA on on TBS on the Superstation, a lot of it was enhancement guys, you know. And I hate to use the word jobbers, but it was you know you guys know the word. I mean, it's it's I don't like saying that, you know, because it's just disrespectful towards towards any wrestler. Um, but you know, there was a, a, a plethora of enhancement matches. So my, so what's the big deal Taz with that? Well, I'm going to tell you the big deal with that is back then, a lot of these, these enhancement matches, these guys, these jobbers, a lot of them were green as shit. Like they weren't that good. These guys were green and they were in there with guys like the rock and roll express or, or who have you or the road warriors or, or on and Tully or, you know, these type of talents that were just. You know, Rock and Roll Express, come on, come on, or the Fantastics or, or the Midnight Express, and these are fucking tremendous workers. Like, you know, these guys are like legendary workers, and you're in there with guys that are green, and whenever these, you know, enhancement guys would fuck up a spot or something like that in these studios, they get stretched. I mean, you don't see that anymore. I, I'm not, and listen, I know it sounds like I'm condoning it. I might have got a look excited when I said it because I've been part of this, you know, but I'm just saying it's like that, that, uh that that f- real feel that organicness of the business is just gone especially in regards to wwe it is it's just gone um i i you know it, it, watching the stand-up the promos these guys are doing with, with jr with jim ross on the set right when they get out of the ring or with shivani I mean, these fucking promos are not written by writers. These are real things. A guy's breathing. He can't. He's out of get. He's gassed. He's out of breath. His intensity's rolling. You know, it's so organic. It's so real. The matches were physical as shit. I, I'm just telling you, man. If you haven't pulled this in as a wrestling fan, if you're a little younger, let's say, or all you watched back in the day was, you know, WWF or um. You know, maybe uh, maybe on the network, all you watch is NXT stuff or the May Young Classic and, you know, the younger current talent, which I'll get into the difference in a second. But there's nothing wrong with that. That's fine. That's your prerogative. You can watch whatever the frig you want. And, you know, you're paying the nine ninety nine and you do whatever the hell you want. I'm just telling you, go and just go in there, search engine and pull up some some of the studio stuff, you know, and, and you'll see like. I remember seeing some stuff from back in the day of, uh, I don't know if it was on WWE Network, but, you know, years ago, 
Marketplace was on WWE Network years ago. When I first, first saw like uh, some of the uh, uh, stuff from Florida, from territories, and 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 from from Georgia Championship Wrestling, some of the shit, dude. dude I'm talking about physicality. I remember seeing stuff with, in Memphis. You know what? Who the hell was it? Oh, I'm drawing a blank with Lawler. Was it Rick Rude who had the baseball bat? Or was it, I feel like it was Austin Idol. I can't recall now. Um, but the intensity in in the angle and 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 how real it felt in the studio. And then they go in the fucking parking lot and Lawler's coming up with the car. You know, and they're right in the parking lot of the studio. And I've wrestled at that place. So I know that studio in, in Memphis. And, you know, it, but that was, I saw this one, you know, before I wrestled down there. But I'm just saying, like, it, it's so, like, it's just so cool. That shit is so cool. And unfortunately, it's so gone. You know what I mean? Like, we're not going to have that anymore. You know, like, as a former wrestler, you know, and that I was coming up in that era and then got in my prime once that studio wrestling era kind of disappeared. But still, I mean, you know, go and watch it. (laughs) it's so much different than what you have today. And again, like I said, watching the promos that these guys would do, either just coming from the locker room, right on the set, 10 feet, 20 feet from the freaking ring, and listening to to Bill Dundee cut a promo, who was always known in Memphis. But like in this episode I'm talking about from, from January 24th, 1987, the NWA Championship Wrestling, you know, it was Dundee and Jimmy Garvin, and uh, and Precious was, in the, was there. And like just listen to the organic promos and – no writers and and you had to be able to talk and you had to be an athlete you had to be able to work you had to you, you had to be able to think on the fucking fly today the men and women and i'm not gonna say these kids today even though i sound like that get off my grass <laughs> excuse me um i hate to come off like that but they, they don't have, they don't, as, and I'm stereotyping them, which is very unfair, so I do apologize for any of you listening, and I don't mean that. And you know, I put your generation over all the time out here, but I'm just, you know, spitting some real shit out here. It's different, and it's not your fault. If you're a current wrestler and you're a younger wrestler or an upcoming wrestler, it's not. It's, it's just the way the machine's working, the way the business has evolved and how it's changed. Um Back in the day, it wasn't like that. And guys weren't and girls weren't making the money that the guys and girls are making today. The companies weren't pulling the money that the, that, that WWE is making today. Um, you know, uh, so it's different. You can't say what WWE is doing now is wrong. But I can just tell you that organic feel, that physicality, that that uh, that being able to get on the microphone and just spitball and just cut a fucking promo and think on your feet. That shit is gone gone i mean and again i know there are a lot of guys and girls today that can do it so i i apologize for those that can but i'm saying for the bulk as far as a as a generation it doesn't feel like that i i watch some of these very talented young men and women coming out of the wwe network and it, it definitely screams athleticism okay it seems like that's a huge part of what has to go down and i've been a big fan for my whole career of talents that are athletic i pride myself on of, be, of being an athletic worker different to the level of some of the guys like i've always looked at i've always talked to me and rob van dam talked about it on my show about how i i felt like rob was one of those guys for sure um you know that was ultra athletic you know and and 
uh, you look back then, if you're watching, um, again, NWA, you know, you saw a guy like Brad Armstrong, who was insanely athletic in the ring. You know, but a lot of the guys, like like Lex Luger, I mentioned. You know, he this guy played football. He played for the Packers. You know, he, he was a, he was he was a really good, good you know football player and played a little pro ball. Um, but he was just, as you guys know, extremely muscled up and and looked amazing. So his athleticism didn't jump out because I just think he got so much thicker and and all that stuff and more muscular. But it, but there were some guys that were very athletic. I felt Telly Blanchard was extremely athletic. I felt Arn Anderson was. I felt Manny Fernandez, the Raging Bull, was ultra-athletic. But there were some guys on there that weren't ultra-athletic, but they were tough motherfuckers. And what they looked like, and just putting aside females for a second, as far as what I, what I watched when I watched some of the old NWA stuff, these are men. These are salty men. They 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 all looked different. They all had different physiques. Some had a little fat. Some had a little love handles. Some had abs. Some had uh, uh, good complexion. Some looked pasty. Some had uh, groomed hair. Some looked like they just rolled out of a, out of a dirt ball. You know, some looked ripped. Some looked vascular. Some looked fat. You know, my point is, there was fifty one flavors or whatever the fuck that ice cream shop is. Fifty two, sixty three, twenty nine. Hot, whatever that ice cream shop, thirty-two flavors, thirty-one, whatever the fucking number is. My point is, there were options. There were options as a fan to watch, and you got to see guys that look. You you go and watch Manny Fernandez, okay? When he was working, okay, uh, during that era, go watch how he worked, okay? I remember actually from the episode I'm talking about from from January twenty fourth, okay, that episode. It was uh, I'm sure I remember now. I should have wrote it down. It was it was Manny Fernandez. Uh, there was a tag match against two jobbers, two enhancement guys, and Rick Rude. Manny Fernandez and Rick Rude, the late great Rick Rude, and Manny Fernandez just stretching dudes. I mean, just just go watch this shit, you know. And how how ahead of their time they was, and 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 you know, and a lot of this is the greatness of Dusty Rhodes, you know, and his creativity. You would see shots of, I remember Paul Jones used to manage uh, uh, Rude and, uh, and Manny Fernandez. And you'd see a camera shot, a handheld shot of Paul Jones watching. And in the background, you see the set where Shivani's waiting for the talent to come there to interview him. And you see the big broadcast camera. So my point is, it was like you saw like a, like it was like, um, like kind of unfiltered, like, um, you saw cameras. It was behind the scenes. Like, WWE would never kind of show you that, or WWF back then. You know, like, so I'm just saying, like, this shit is so, it, 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 and it's not just NWA back then. And now, of course, you know, I'm a big fan of, and that's what triggered me, too, was the the rebirth of the NWA and just having Nick Aldis on and Dave Lagana on and what they're doing and Billy Corgan, these guys are doing. So that kind of got me wanting to watch some old school NWA, um, you know, and, and, but then I just jumped into the TV end of it and how the wrestling was done and what was happening. Um, it was really, really, really just great time. The, the wrestling was great back then. And I, I broke in this way. I broke in this style, you know, that I'm talking about. I mean, the guy who trained me, the unpredictable Johnny Rods, you know, for a lot of his time in WWF, he was an enhancement guy. But there were, you know, before that times in his career, he in California, he was an over talent named Java Rook. And, and he, you know, he worked all over the world in that gimmick. He made a lot of money. And Johnny Rods, I don't care if you saw him win a lot of matches or lose them. That was I talked a lot about Johnny. You know, he 
that was uh, getting trained by him was was physically fucking demanding. <laughs> Just telling you. <laughs> so, you know, I, I I I when I trained under Johnny, he was still working. So he was he wasn't an older man. He was older than I, than me, of course, at that time. And but when I broke in with him. And guys like me and and being in there with guys like the Cheetah Kid who, you know, was a little bit older, Ted Petty, and God rest his soul. You guys remember Flyboy Rock or Rock. You know him from the public enemy. Um, and But I broke in with guys like, you know, he was the senior guy. He'd come in and help out. But, I you know, I talked about, again, another guy who's no longer with us, you know, Big Dick Dudley. And I've talked a lot about Big Dick Dudley. He was a good friend of mine, was a very good friend of mine. and worked as Alexander the Great or Mondo Clean, you know. Uh, we we broke in a little bit after that was was Big Sweet Williams, which was Bill Demott, you know, and 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 um, and then uh, of course Tommy Dreamer, and then you know years after that Devon Dudley and stuff, and and Big Vito, and uh, well Big Vito was around when Dreamer was, but the thing is that initial group, man, I'm just telling you the way we broke in was was the style I was talking about, the style you see from Memphis, from NWA, from Mid Atlantic, from Georgia. It's just Johnny was a Northeast guy. You know, he's a New York guy. It didn't matter. It was that style and where you got trained. You didn't get told everything. You didn't, You weren't fucking on no internet because there was no internet. You weren't smartened up to shit. It was old school. And I, if I come off like a bitter old guy, I don't give a shit. Because for those who know my content and know me, and, and a lot of you kind of know me because I've been open and honest out here for over 600 episodes for over, going on four years or whatever we're doing here. So you know how I am. I, I love the current talent in wrestling and the current landscape and climate in wrestling and how athletic these men and women are and the, and, and how the, 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 the well-overdue push of, of female wrestling. I love it. I love it. But I got to tell you, I loved back then too. And I love going back and watching the stuff. And I do a good amount of watching. My go-to is NWA, watching that from that Superstation stuff in the studio. And I, you can hear my voice. It excites me. And it brings back memories of I'd watch that stuff or I'd watch the AWA when they were working in fucking casinos in Vegas and shit. And, and I wanted to work for these guys. I wanted to go down and work for World Class in Dallas and I wanted to work down there with those guys. You know, I, I, you know, I, I didn't get opportunities. I, Lord knows, they got enough fucking videotape for me. I promise. <laughs> Trying to get gigs, but I was young. I was green, and I wasn't ready yet, and I was undersized. But Lord knows, I tried. But my point is, we all back in that generation. It was a, you know, it was a, it was that style you got trained. That's why I was talking about Johnny Rods and the way you got trained and how you had to earn things. And and there was nothing plush. You know, you're getting trained in a shit fucking ring, a boxing ring, your body's fucked up and you're not being told nothing. And you're getting in there with a guy who is a veteran and he's fucking stretching you. And you don't know how, how, why. You don't know why he's doing it. And you're trying to fight back. And no matter what you try to do, no matter how much you thought you knew and how tough you thought you were, you can't fucking deal with it. You're getting fucking stretched. Now you think, well, that doesn't make you a good wrestler. Bullshit. It does. And <laughs> you can't do that today. You do that today, you're going to have a lawsuit on you. You do that today, you know what I mean? You can't do that. You can't go to a performance center if you're a trainer working for WWE and stretch somebody. I, you can't do it. <laughs> you know? So uh, I'm sure they do. those guys are old school guys that are training. And, you know, you, you know Norman Smiley and Regal, they, these guys are from the same elk I'm from. 
and they know, and I'm sure they get their points across, but it's not like when they got trained or I got trained because we got trained the same way from that same era. And the guys I'm talking about, when you watch NWA or you watch whatever, Mid-Atlantic and stuff like that or, or, or any of that shit, it's you're seeing guys that are working ultra physical and working with an attitude. They were trained nasty. And then, you know, you watch like um, – Trying to think who else in that episode. Uh, Vladimir Pietrov, big, massive, just thick, fucking like powerhouse dude. I mean, guy looked unbelievable. You guys remember him? Not, not, not. He did the Russian gimmick with Ivan Koloff. This was when Nikita Koloff was a babyface with Dusty Rhodes, and then Vladimir Pietrov was with uh, Ivan Koloff. And talk about a man's man type worker, Ivan Koloff, just, just nasty. But anyway. Uh, Vladimir Pietrov was, I think he was a bouncer, like, and they, they found him and looked Russian. Uh, he wasn't Russian, and he's just this big, thick, powerlifting dude, this this crazy, thick, powerful physique. And he would go in there and work with, like, in this episode, I remember he worked with, a, with an enhancement guy, Jobber, and just how raw it was and how green he was, Vladimir. But his look was amazing. And earlier in the show, they did a promo at, at the desk with uh, Tony Schiavone interviewing uh, Ivan Koloff and Vladimir Pietrov. And while Koloff's talking, uh, this is early in the show, they just zoom in on Pietrov's face, on his eyes, and they show his, and and that's just, that's lost today. And, I, and I'm and i a little surprised because I know, like I learned that a lot years later from, from Paul Heyman when I was in ECW, the eyes and zooming in close, the money's in that little square on your face. You know, from your forehead down to your chin to the size of your cheeks. And Vince McMahon, huge into that. Huge. I think maybe as Vince is getting older or things are changing, you know, I don't feel like you see that a lot with WWE programming. You know, but like what I'm saying about Pietrov, and they actually they did it. After he ended up squashing the guy in the episode I'm talking about, they zoomed in again on his face. And it's kind of weird looking and it's awkward, but they're showing you, you know, from the neck up, this guy, this thick neck, this big head this mean face the chain on his fucking big 21 inch neck meanwhile you're hearing cole uh, uh ivan cole with that voice and that accent you know and it's like you don't see him you hear him it's just it's so ahead of their time the creativity i i love that shit i love it it's raw you know and, and no pun intended it's raw and it's, it's not like that anymore. Everything now is very, very, let's just speak WWE programming. I, I don't want to lump in whatever, anything Ring of Honor is doing because they do amazing stuff or, or, or anything, you know, uh, that NWA is, is doing or fixing to do or anything New Japan, any of that stuff or, or Impact Wrestling is a little different too. They've always tried to be a little more polished like a WWE. So I don't think their stuff's ever really been raw, raw. Um, Ring of Honor's got more of a raw feel. I, I felt. I mean, I haven't watched it in a while, so I shouldn't speak too much on Ring of Honor. But, but the thing is, it's po- everything now. Not just now, past shit, fifteen years. Uh, in, as far as WWE programming is, is extremely polished and sleek, and it's TV wrestling. And and I understand evolution. I understand you have to, and I get it, and I respect that. I do. I understand that. And you and I'm a fan of it, and, it, and it's obviously the money they're making, and and there's people are smarter to the business now, fans because of the internet. You know, back in these days, I'm talking about in the early '80s or mid '80s or even late '80s, you know, early '90s, people weren't that. Some people weren't smart to the business. Some people thought it was a shoot still, or some people were just bought into the shoot because there was nothing pulling back the curtain and breaking kayfabe. You know, so 
um, it was easier to perceive and work people. Even though I love what happens today and I love how talent, you know, how, how, how athletic the talent is and how talented the talent is today, I do miss that raw, organic feel of that era I'm talking about. I miss, you know, watching the NWA, uh, uh, you know, on, on the Superstation and seeing the Midnight Express come in the ring and just eat two guys up. You know, I hear the Road Warriors cut a promo, which is hysterical. You know, just watching how big and mean these guys are and they say shit and they mean it and they follow through with what they say. You know what I mean? Just a huge fan of, of watching the Warriors, you know, uh, Animal and Hawk. Um, and, and they did something also real quick on a sidebar note. They did a little deal. I remember now as I'm going back. They did a thing with an awesome product placement with a VHS tape, that's right, of Starkey. I think it was Starkey 1986 that they promoted in this episode, the January 24th, 1987 episode. And, yeah, it was the Road Warriors were cutting a promo, and Paul Ellering was in the background on the set with Shivani, and then Hawk and Animal leave, and then Shivani says, hey, uh, Paul, come back for a second, Ellering, right? And he he says, here's a gift. He gives him a gift. He gives him the new VHS of Starcade of uh, 1986, and it, it was so organic and cool the way they used it to promote the fucking VHS tape, which some people might not even know what that is. Listen to me, but um, mo- most of you are probably old enough to know what that is. Uh, if not, you could Google it. Um, and it was just such a cool product placement, promotional little gimmick they did. I, it was like genius, genius. You know, tip your cap to the late great Dusty Rhodes and the other, you know, man on a creative uh, creative unit there that they had back in the eighties. Uh, just, just so smart and so simple, but but awesome. And and uh, you know, it's just I, I don't know. I just I I I love talking about this. I and I'm going to do more podcasts just just talking about just talking about it. You know, just talking about how and again, studio wrestling. That's what I'm talking about. Not just the NWA studio wrestling. You got to be able to bring the fucking wood in the studio. You can't work light like a softy, okay? Or you're gonna you're gonna like a jabroni, okay? So, <laughs> and you're not gonna get booked. Um, oh, another thing that was um, awesome in that episode, uh, Brad Armstrong. Who, if you don't know Brad Armstrong, just tremendous talent from the Armstrong family, a great great wrestling family. Um, and you guys know his brother, Road Dog Jesse James, obviously his other brother. Excuse me. I think Scott, awesome referee with WWE for a long time. Um, sorry, I'm over here like burping up coffee. That's disgusting. But anyway, um, <laughs> the uh, uh, Brad Armstrong, tremendous talent, always was great in the ring. And he, uh, they showed, I'm trying to remember how they did this now. It was in the episode I'm talking about, January 24th, 1987. It was a deal with Ric Flair where first from the Superstation, uh, Shivani was going to interview Brad Armstrong. And then they went to B-roll footage, older footage, uh, or past footage, I should say, B-roll, um, of where Shivani was going to interview Brad Armstrong on a set from a different TV taping. And Ric Flair interrupted it, wearing an old-school uh, Lakers uh, fucking jacket. Yellow was pretty funny. And Ric Flair's like, yo, don't interrupt my, don't, don't mess up my interview time. You're done now. I got to talk. I'm the world champ. And, you know, Brad Armstrong's trying to be respectful. He's like, listen, I can't come out here and do words with you, but, 
you know, I'm just don't, you know, this is my interview time. And Flair's like being the typical heel. I was like, no, basically, fuck you. Get out of here. And Flair just starts talking, Dusty Rhodes. He starts cutting his promo. And Brad Armstrong's pissed. Like, yo, dude, I'm over here doing my thing. What the fuck? And then Flair's like, yo, I'm telling you right now, get out of here. Obviously, I'm paraphrasing. And um, <laughs> and all of a sudden, here come the horsemen, the Andersons and Tully, and they attack uh, Brad Armstrong and just had heat. And you watch, it's like these four men are beating up Brad at that time was a younger guy. And you felt bad for Brad. Here I am. I've been in the business fucking three decades. And, and, and I'm old and washed up. I'm a radio host. And I'm watching this old ass footage. I'm like, I feel bad for Brad. And I know. Yeah, I mean, this is from how many years ago? You know what I mean? Like, that's how good this shit was. That's a little segment like that. Like, you know, they, they, it just was, it was awesome. It was just an awesome time. Um, obviously very elated to talk about it. Um, so, uh, but anyway, so that's the deal. All right. So what this is what we're going to do. We come back for break. We'll get into talking a little bit about, um, uh, what some of you guys put on Facebook and IG, um, and what you guys thought of, uh, you know, what, what you like to watch, to watch. And I'll, I'll shout some of you guys out, get a little interact with some of you jobbers and, uh, it will be great. You will love it. I will be great. It will sound great. It will feel great. You will get shouted out. If you don't get shouted out, it's okay. There's a lot of people. And I want to tell you, I'm going to shout out what you guys liked and what didn't like, what you didn't like, and shit like that, and get into that a little bit. Tad Show, sit tight. Be right back. <laughs> Some people listen to this song like, wait a minute, I know this song. I'll give you a hint. If you listen to Taz and the Moose every day with myself and Mark Lucis, you'll know what this is from. And by the way, on that topic of myself and uh, Moose, I have to thank a lot of you guys. If you don't listen live, you're downloading the podcast. Um, we know that. I'm just letting you know that. Uh, the company knows that and I know that. The numbers have been great on the downloads, not just of the Cash Show, but of that, of Taz and Moose. So thank you for that. Um, the loyalty of wrestling fans listening to a wrestler talk sports. I, I appreciate that. I mean that. Sincerely. Very nice, you guys. Uh, so I just figured I'd uh, play that little doodad there, and uh, we don't need to hear it again, right? I mean, come on, enough already. But, uh, but anyway, so before I get rolling, though, I do want to let you guys know that support for the Taz Show, you know where it comes from. Yeah, the support comes from Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. That's right. Introducing their all-new Rate Shield approval. Yeah, but this is good stuff right here. So pay attention if you haven't heard me talk about this before. Uh, if you're in the market to buy a home, Quicken Loans will lock your rate for up to 90 days while you shop. How cool is that? That's so important. That's huge. That's huge. Quicken Loans will lock your rate for up to 90 days while you shop. Oh, Jarvis, that's beautiful. So to get started, what you got to do is this. Go to rocketmortgage.com slash T-A-Z. That's a rocketmortgage.com slash Taz. Rate shield approval only valid on certain 30 30 year purchase transactions. Additional conditions or exclusions may apply based on Quicken Loans data in comparison to public data records. Equal housing lender, license at all 50 states. 
nmlsconsumeraccess.org, number 3030. That's a rocket mortgage. So there you have it. Uh, also, another thing I want to tell you before I get talking more about some of your stuff here with you guys, we'll get into some of the Facebook stuff that you guys posted about the network and what you guys like watching. Uh, if you haven't checked it out on the Twitter, uh, you guys remember Al Dukes. He's been on the show, and he's a producer in, uh, in New York here on WFAN. And they do a little video thing with him picking some NFL games, like a parlay, like five picks or some shit, whatever it is. And I was the uh, guest picker. I get to pick one game. So it was a little video Jones there. So uh, I believe it's pinned at official Taz on my official Twitter account. So go check it out if you haven't watched it. It's pretty cool. Give it a retweet or some shit. Al's a good dude. And it's a new little bit that he's doing there with WFAN. So I'm trying to help homeboy out. He's a good guy. So, uh, so anyway, that's the dealio on that. So remember, I used to hate him. With the Jones thing. For those that are old school Taz Show fans, remember? They were hacking. Yeah, well, we straightened it out. I threatened him a little bit. Well, not threatened. Just say, hey, Al. <laughs> uh, anyway, so, all right. So, uh, what do you guys enjoy most on the WWE Network? So, basically, this was the question that was posed on Instagram, which is Taz Talk, or uh, at uh, Facebook.com slash the Taz Show. So I'm curious, what is your go-to in regards to watching old content on the WWE Network? Is it WWF Old School, Attitude Era, ECW, NWA, and that's it. Thanks for sharing, guys. Bah, bah, bah. Now, there's a lot. I'm not going to read all of them, but uh, so basically, uh, what do we got here? We got Rich Hamilton. Okay, Rich says, I've been on a War Games kick lately, so I'd say NWA mostly Crockett Era. And that's what I was just talking about in the first end of this show right here. Uh, thanks, Rich. Appreciate you sharing that along uh todd strickland he says i love the old school wwf ecw is always entertaining wcw is hit or miss and i live the attitude era so it's fun to rewatch some of that as well okay cool uh nice answer and appreciate that brother for sure uh jamal knight with a k says clash of the champions all caps uh, a lot of hidden gems in there. He's he's not lying. Uh, WCW Saturday Night Two, despite the small sample on the on the network. Uh, what else we got? Um, Chris Collinswood says honestly, not just kissing your ass, but ECW. Love the old hardcore TV and pay per views. Watch every pay per view dozens of times. Okay, cool, Chris. Thanks, man. Um, you know, real quick on the side, let me just pause on this. I, you know, here's the thing with me, right? I, I honestly like when I go to WWE Network, I, I don't watch a lot of the ECW stuff. I kind of can't, um, especially my own stuff. I just, I just don't, um, I just don't. And the music thing, and it's not just with, the, it's not just with the ECW. I think it's with a lot of stuff on there. Like they, they change the music, and they have to, you know, because they're not, you know, they could get a cease and desist for all these different artists and stuff. So they have to change the music. Um, that kind of hurts a little bit for me, but, but the, the, the ECW end of it, I, 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 you know, I just, I don't know. I just don't, I just can't, I, I just don't watch it on there, but I think a lot of you guys do according to what I've seen on Instagram and Facebook. Let me continue. Albert, two names, not Albert. It's Al space B E R T. It's kind of weird, but I like it. Uh, he says, uh, mid Atlantic, all the stars before they were stars were there. Well said. Mid-Atlantic, definitely awesome stuff. Uh, Anthony Sinise Sr. says, primetime wrestling. That was good shit for sure. That was definitely good. Uh, let me see what else we got because we pulled some of these. Um, Andrew John on uh, Facebook, he says, ECW, Attitude Era, and the good years of Nitro. You know, that's true. Nitro had some some really cool shit. 
So I think Nitro, I don't really watch a lot of Nitro because I was in my prime during then. So we weren't working Monday nights. So I was watching Nitro and I was watching Raw, you know, because we were off. Um, so I don't, sometimes I don't go back and watch it, but I should. Uh, some of the Nitro stuff was real good. But I don't really, you know, I don't know. I, I, I'd rather watch guys that were like the generation before me. Uh, the Nitro guys are in the generation I was in. Um, so uh, what else we got? Uh, Sparky Gordon. Nice name. He said, it's the first 10 weeks of Eastern Championship Wrestling, then the fake, in quotations, ECW that was owned and killed by Vince. No real ECW. Uh, in parentheses, Taz, Sabu, RVD, Dudley's. Well, thanks, Sparky. Um, here's the thing. I mean, I understand you're saying it was killed by Vince, but truth be told, um, Vince was funding the company for a while while the company was going good, doing good, and we didn't know that. So... <laughs> But I get your drift with the, the rebirth of ECW. I know what you mean by that. Um, you know, I've talked a lot about that. It just wasn't you know, Joey Styles and I knew when they did the rebirth of ECW and Joey and I were the commentators on it. We knew uh, the first episode that like the announce table was just like a folding table with the boxes for the audio headsets sitting right there, very raw and, and exposed. And we knew that would be cool. And we also knew it wouldn't last, and it sure didn't. And they went to more of a sleeker look. Um, and once that started happening, it just, it just, it just rapidly was nothing like ECW. It never was like it was nothing ever of ECW. But I don't want to get into that. That's a lot of negativity. Um, what else we got? Anthony Sorrow says ECW. Watching your old matches, man. You versus Sabu, uh, RVD versus Jerry Lynn. Classics. RVD versus Jerry Lynn. Good luck following that. Those back those matches were sick. Uh, Brian Pickering says Mid South WWF All Star Wrestling NWA and ECW. Okay, sweet. Uh, so thank you for that. Um, what else we got? Oh, David Zapanic said Tully uh, and TA. He means Magnum TA. I quit match Oof. and most all NWA stuff. But that's that's that take three. That specific match is my go to. Um, so in my opinion, uh, the goat greatest of all time. So yeah, that match was definitely awesome. He's not bullshitting on that. So, uh, yeah. So a lot of people, oh, uh, Tim Lemieux says Saturday night's main event. Loved it as a kid. He's right. That shit. I got to get into that. I got to, I got to start watching that again and I'll come out here and do a podcast on that. I would assume you guys would enjoy that. If I did that, I hope you would shout me out on Twitter and let me know or Instagram. If, if you want me to do that, I'll do it. Um, because I think that'd be cool and talk about some of those old Saturday Night Main events. I, I love talking about the, the older stuff. I really do. I mean, I mean, I don't even know what you would call the title of the fucking podcast, but I just like talking about that shit. I, I you know, so I just get on a mic and just start spitballing and just talking about it, and and I'll watch it first and talk to you motherfuckers about it. Uh, so yeah, uh, on the IG Taz Talk, uh, same question was posed, and uh, Law. L- What's this name here? Law S Laws Lessick. Wow. L A W L E S S J C. Currently watching Smoky Mountain. Wow. I stick to the areas I didn't grow up watching. Smoky Mountain. Good, good stuff right there. Had an opportunity to work for them for a little while for Jim Cornette. Smoky Mountain. Loved it. Talk about throwback. That shit was great. Smoky was awesome. I love working for them. I had a lot of fun the short time I was down there for sure. Uh, also on the Instagram, uh, Dave X Butler says NWA slash WCW, uh, 1986 to 1992 and ECW. After I finish that, I'm going to watch either Mid-South or Smoky Mountain. 
Uh, like your uh, your choice in wrestling, Dave. Good picks, and thanks for sending that message via Instagram. Uh, much much love. Uh, drums uh, underscore number one. Mid Atlantic stuff. He puts all fire on there. I got to start watching more Mid Atlantic. So uh, yeah. So uh, basically, yeah. A lot. Of, there's just a, a ton. So I can't go through all. There's a lot of uh, replies from you guys. So I, I appreciate all that. Um, thank you on the Instagram and on the Facebook. And I'll do more of these. Again, I don't I, shit. I mean, I don't know. I mean, if you have a name, you think I should call these type episodes, let me know. I, I don't know what the fuck. I mean, I talked to Brian. We don't know. We're like, what the fuck? I don't know. You're just talking about some old wrestling. I mean, what the fuck is that? I mean, it, it's it's not a, a Taz Hall meeting. We know that. And by the way, that you some bitches love. I've been getting a lot of messages about it, public and private. You guys dig the Taz Halls. Uh, just a fancy fucking name for a Q&A. And I'm going to try. I can't promise it's going to happen every single Monday when they drop, but they might be Mondays a lot. So basically that means keep your eye on Facebook or on Instagram because we'll throw it out there on a Sunday, for example, and 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 before we record, and that's how we'll do it. So uh, so that's a deal. But anyway, so, I, I you know, look, shit, I hope you guys enjoyed this. You know, it was just like kind of a fun, just loose uh, type deal. And, uh, and by the way, one more thing I want to say. Uh, awesome amount of support and love uh, for the Nick Aldis episode when Nick was on um, talking about the big match he has for the NWA title to, to, to go against Cody to try and get his title back. So thanks for that. I mean, tons of downloads, tons of love for that. Got another guest coming up on uh, Wednesday, next Wednesday. Uh, can't tell you who it is, uh, but um, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be good. You guys will like it. Um, yeah, I'm trying to give you a hint. <sighs> I'm not, because if I give you a hint, uh, uh, recent, uh, uh, he's not from my generation. He's young. He's from the current generation, spent some time with WWE. Let's just leave it at that. Um, as of recent, he spent some time. Uh, in wwe so a good amount of time actually so but let me stop because you're gonna figure it out i know how you fucking people are you're smart you're a lot smarter than me on that note uh no better way to end it than to bury myself self-deprecating jones and that's it i appreciate the download i appreciate you listening i hope you enjoyed it uh let me know hit me up on the fucking social so twitter let me know if you like this shit if you didn't if you thought it sucked don't tell me so I don't want to ruin your day. Why would you want to ruin mine? No, I'm not kidding. I am kidding. If you don't didn't like it, you can tell me that. But don't don't be a douche. Be nice. Man. Yeah, you know I wasn't feeling the times. I got a feeling a lot of you guys might like this. I hope you. Do. Anyway, that's it. All right, good. I gotta go. I'm Taz. You're not. Adios, guys. <laughs>